Before we start this podcast, I would like to take a moment of silence for all those that were affected by the shootings in Midland and Odessa. Our prayers are with you and your families. And welcome to season two, episode three of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me, as always, is my man Moss and our boy Evan. How are we doing today, fellas? Doing great, Ryan. Doing great, Evan. Doing well, fellas. One and zero, baby, undefeated. Let's keep it rolling. Hell yeah, brother! You know, great start to the season. But uh, I want to kick off the podcast by just saying a quick uh, thoughts and prayers to the people down in Odessa and Midland. Um, you know, obviously a tragedy down there. And hopefully everyone's recovering and, you know, thoughts and prayers down to the people in Texas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So to get into what happened last week in college football, why don't we start off by talking about, you know, some of the big games, what we saw around the league and, um, you know, who we're excited about, who do we think didn't look great. And, you know, I think it's a good idea to kick it off with the first game of the college football season, Miami versus Florida. Oh, boy. What? A ball of excitement that was to kick off the season for college football. I don't think, Ryan, that we're going to see a better game all year. Uh, I, I sense some sarcasm. Oh, just a little bit. That game <laughs> sucked. That was awful. Florida should have lost. They looked terrible. Miami had a chance and blew it. Um, just overall, not exciting. That didn't really feel like the kickoff to college football. But glad it's time for them to play. I mean, it did in the sense that, you know, kids still make mistakes, but you're right. Florida, I expected to be way better than they were. Mm-hmm. Felipe Franks, I was big on him coming to this year. And, you know, he definitely had some mistakes. He did throw for a couple tutties and ran for one, but he threw a couple picks, especially, and turned the ball over on that last drive they had that almost cost them the game. Yep. You know, they get a turnover and very next play, he gets hit, throws a pick, and now all of a sudden Miami can win the thing. Uh, you're right. That was a sloppy game, but hell, fuck it. College football's back, and that's what we're here for. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as it pains me to say, another big game, OU looked like the real deal. You know, we talked about it last last week that I thought that they were going to be um, at the top of the Big 12 again. Jalen looked like, you know, every bit as good as we thought he was going to be. Uh, unfortunately for me to say, I think OU, <laughs> I think OU put up a heck of a game. Um, and they're going to be trouble for us, but you know we're going to have to put together a near-perfect game to give us a chance against the Sooners. Jalen I mean, did look amazing. He threw 20 out of 23, 332 yards, three touchdowns, but he did have two fumbles, which allowed Houston to stick around in that game and keep it slightly interesting. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to remember, he also was a leading rusher of the game, ran for 176 and three more touchdowns. I mean, if anyone thought we'd see some regression dropping from – Baker and Kyler over to Jalen Hurts. Turns out Alabama knows how to coach some quarterbacks too because I'll tell you what, he looked every bit as good as any of those Oklahoma quarterbacks to me. Absolutely. Or Alabama quarterbacks, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, 20 for 23 is an outrageous clip. And Houston's no slouch. Their defense is, you know, usually touted as pretty good. But I, w- I will say you're right. They did let them stick around. And, that you know, the Oklahoma offense is clearly – you know, as powerful as powerful can get. But uh, that defense, you know, they let him stick around. The uh, Houston put up 31. It wasn't uh, a blowout. I mean, Houston's the one team that covered, if we want to talk about, uh, you know, the lines there. 
But Oklahoma, first game against a real team, putting up big numbers. No huge surprise there, but you're right, Evan. They look like the goddamn real deal. Absolutely. More on the Big 12. How about Iowa State? You know, we talked we talked last week that they were going to be and probably still are going to be Big 12 contenders, but man, they struggled, especially offensively. You know, Purdy didn't look as good as I thought that he would have. I think they'll bounce back, but I'll tell you that game was a huge surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, triple overtime against the Northern Iowa Panthers. Uh, that's not exactly what we expected out of this Iowa State team, and I guess that goes to show you, you lose a NFL receiver and NFL running back, that offense isn't going to have the same power, firepower as it did before. Now, with Absolutely. Northern Iowa Panthers, are they on the next season of Last Chance U? Is that who they have playing? Because that's who I think they're playing. And, you yeah. know, give, give Northern Iowa credit. They showed up. They showed up to a team. They thought Iowa State was going to be as good as we thought they were. And, you know, their level was a little bit down, so that gave them an opportunity. And they could have easily won that game. Easily. I mean, yeah, it, triple overtime, that's anybody's ball game, especially in college ball, when it gets down to the end like that. And, you know, Iowa State did stop the run. You know, they're – they only let up like 30-something rush yards the entire game. But, uh, you know, Northern Iowa was able to pass enough, score enough, and neither team was causing turnovers. I mean, it was a big time, let's see who can pump the ball more game. Absolutely. And how about an old Big 12 rival, Mac Brown, with the Tar Heels getting a huge win in week one? Yeah, that game was awesome, man. You know, underdogs came up and showed up at home. That was a sick game. Did you get the Did you get to watch it? You know, parts not, not the whole thing, but um, th- they looked good. They looked good, and I was happy for Mac. Uh, you know, I don't have anything against him. I think he's a great coach, Hall of Fame coach, and it was good to see him get a win with the Tar Heels. And if I can say uh, one other game that I really liked, um, that I think it's a team who's going to be the real deal this year could compete to get into the college football playoffs. Uh, maybe you guys think I'm crazy, but Utah. Utah against BYU in, uh, what do they call it, the Holy Bowl or something like that, the Holy Game. Uh, BYU playing in their stadium is never tough, especially a big rivalry game. And they came out, and their running back, oh, my God, is that guy good. Zach Moss, 229 carries, 187 yards, and a touchdown. He was a beast the whole game. That's my cousin, actually, Zach. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 I used to be able able to beat him in tag growing up, but uh... (laughs) – He got a little more elusive. He grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they only threw the ball for 100 yards, but they still put up 30 points. So that's telling you something. Now, and I you didn't know, we, get we, an we... opportunity to watch that game. But, uh, yeah, BYU, I actually was looking at them on some of the sports books. And I didn't end up going their way, but they're definitely pretty good. I mean, that's not that's not like an FCS team. That's a, that's a pretty, you know, well-coached team. So for – Utah to put up 30 against them, keep them the 12 points, really impressive. And, you know, it pains me to say we talked about them being overrated, but the University of Texas, they looked good week one. They really did. What were your thoughts on the Longhorns? Oh, man. I mean, it pains me to say it, but uh, Sam Ellinger showed up. You know, he was he was uh, ranked in some of the polls as the number three or four best quarterback in the country and number two in the Big 12. And, yeah, he had a great game, 28 of 38 for 276 yards, four touchdowns. You know, the receivers are still there. Colin Johnson, who I thought went to the NFL, but he stuck around. 
I had a heck of a game, four receptions, 59 yards, one TD, just picking up where they left off. Um, you know, fortunate un- and unfortunate. Fortunate to see the Big 12, you know, producing some great teams, but unfortunately for me, I wish they sucked. <laughs> well, speaking of, they're going to have a big test in week two. I think that, you know, hopefully we can cover that later in the segment. But, you know, with with LSU heading into Austin, that's going to be a huge game. Um, I'm always torn as to, you know, rooting for a Big 12 rival. Um, but I, I'd be lying if I said I, I, I didn't didn't want Texas to lose. I got I got family that, that support the Longhorns in Austin. But I apologize. Uh, I, I always have a tough time rooting for them. I really do. And uh, I think, but I, I do think it's going to be a great game and we can, we can get to that later, but um, man, that's, that's going to be huge. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up. I was actually at the university of Washington game this past weekend, yacht gating. So if you guys ever get the opportunity to go yacht gating, please do. Cause it's awesome. As long as you're not paying for it. Um, and a lot of the <laughs> university of Washington fans, you know, diehards were watching that Oregon uh, Auburn game and, you know, none of them were cheering for uh, Oregon to win to keep the Pac-12 strong because they said they felt it in their husky bones deep down in those husky plums that they just can't cheer for Oregon. So that's exactly how I feel. I, I don't think I can cheer for Texas to take down LSU. You know, I'm torn there as well, but in the end, I, I'll just say fuck it. I want Texas to lose. Uh, <laughs> I mean, LSU, they look like a goddamn powerhouse this year. Um, they're putting up absurd numbers. Granted, they're playing Georgia Southern, but I mean, that's going to be one unbelievable game, uh, in Austin, as we said, and I'm definitely going to be rooting for the Tigers and Ed Ordron. Now, oh, Evan, yeah, talk- when your talk- family, when your family is, uh, cheering for Texas in your household and you give them the horns down growing up, did you get penalized and sent to timeout for that? <laughs> you know, I, 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 like to think I had a little more respect than that. <clears throat> Maybe I'd do it behind closed doors, but <laughs> it's my uncle that lives in Austin, him and his family, uh, you know, uh, a lot of his family went to UT. So, um, it was always a point of contention. He's a red Raider through and through. He went to school at tech, but he still roots for Texas when they're not playing tech. But, um, as far as other big games, what, what else did you guys like in week one? Well, you, you touched on it, Chris. What about that Oregon Auburn game? Talk about an absolute collapse from Oregon. Massive collapse. They blew it. I mean, I had Oregon winning. I had them covering. Uh, They were plus four. Neutral site. You know, game starts off, and you got the the veteran quarterback, Justin Herbert, looking great. You got the freshman kid kind of looking a little, you know, a little shook up. Oregon jumps out to this massive early lead. It's like 21 to 6. And then they lose 27-21 on an absolute heave from Bo Nix. Where the Oregon guy just had to turn his head and he could pick the ball off, but instead it's a touchdown. That was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And, and on uh, top of it, I'll go ahead. I was gonna say on top of it, the very next kickoff, the guy almost runs it back. Herbert gets a chance to yeah. win the game and throws it about thirty yards past the end zone. Yeah, he has no grit. He was. I mean, that, that was. One. He was shooking that. That one. was. That was embarrassing. And uh, Ryan, we got to give uh, props. To our other Big 12 favorite team, the Kansas Jayhawks. Taking it home. First game of the year, baby. Let's go. Rock Rock. Chop Jayhawk. Les Miles 
first win of his career as the head coach of the of the Kansas Jayhawks. So props to them. It was over a fierce opponent. You know, some say their biggest rival, Indiana State. <laughs> of course, of course. Who also and, might have been on uh, Last Chance U, but I cannot confirm that. But yeah, yeah, and uh, they great. proved it just like we said last week. They went from god awful to just sucking. So <laughs> good on them for that win. I think the exact you know, words were just suck. Uh, I mean, like, I'm good with them getting these uh, out of conference wins. Good for the Jayhawks. But uh, I'm still looking for them to go defeated in Big 12 play. I will say, if the if the Kansas Jayhawks were playing LSU, you know I'd show up the chair for them. Oh, absolutely. Rock chalk all the way there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's about time to get into the meat and potatoes of this, the Texas Tech game. So why don't we start off by uh, cracking the cold one, fellas? Ooh. Ooh, that Coors Light. Oh, that feeling, that satisfaction of opening a fresh dandy is what I want to feel when <laughs> Texas Longhorns lose to the LSU Tigers. Oh, it just washes mm. over your body. It's, yeah, like, a shout warm, out to our, it's uh, like a warm bubble bath. Mm. Shout out to our, our sponsor, Dandy, of course. Ooh. But uh, let's talk about tech specific now. I mean, tech started off the season. As we said, you know, they needed to dominate so that, to make us feel good. And they did just that. 45-10 to 10 win over the Montana State Bobcats with Montana State's only touchdown coming on a fumble recovery. Um Let's talk about a couple things here. What were your overall first impressions seeing this Red Raider team back out on the field? Let's uh, let's give Evan this one since he was there for the game, repping the podcast. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, guys, you know, I was uh, – okay, it's Montana State. You can't expect a massive showing. It actually kind of exceeded my expectations for the crowd turnout. I was really happy with the representation we had at the Jones. Um, I think everyone was pretty hyped to see Wells and to start the new era. You know, as sappy as it sounds, every every great coach uh, coaching dynasty starts with the first game. You know, so I wanted to be there. I think I think Wells could be fantastic, and and this is game one. Um, as far as how we looked offensively, I thought we looked great. I thought we had a lot of depth at our receiving core. You know, there wasn't really one single receiver that stood out uh, exponentially. We can kind of hit on that later. Defensively, I thought we looked really good. I was a little disappointed that we generate did not generate a turnover, but, you know, that just happened some games. We gave ourselves some opportunities to do so. Um, I'll tell you, my favorite player that I'm so pumped about is Austin McNamara, the punter, freshman, true freshman, <laughs> out of high school. I mean, that kid could kick bombs. The hang time on those punts consistently was incredible. He showed why he was a highly recruited punter out of high school, um, and I think that he's going to be fantastic, hopefully follow in our boy Dom's footsteps. Um, as far as the Russian game goes, you know, I thought we had a three-headed monster in our backfield. Uh, Shine, the transfer from Utah, looked really, really good, you know, led the game in rushing yards. Sir Roderick Thompson played a really great game. Uh, to John Henry had some really great runs too. I was hoping to see a little more production from him, but you know the season is early. I think we have three really really good backs, and then of course our team leader Alan Bowman. You know he he looked really great through for uh, you know 400 plus passing yards, two touchdowns, an additional rushing TD. He looked really really good. You know I think he can carry this momentum forward. I expect our boy Bowman to be. Um, one of the top, if not the top passers in the Big 12 again this year. 
So going back to atmosphere, uh, when I was watching the game, it looked like the crowd kind of like started to leave around halftime. Was that just yep. because the game started to get you know too blown out, or or what? You would like to see them stay longer, but uh, I certainly can't blame them. It was it was a really really hot game. I was fortunate enough to go up and sit in the box for the second half. So otherwise, I would have been punching my leg to stay. But um, like, yeah. Yeah, you just got to know the right people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, no, the atmosphere overall was good. You know, there was some people leaving early. Again, I think that part of it's heat, part of it's who we were playing. Um, but overall, I was I was happy with the turnout and the enthusiasm that our fans showed for a new era of Texas Tech football. Did, uh, did anything surprise yeah, I mean- you about the game? You know, I was a little surprised on offense. We were we were really fast tempo, but we didn't burn their secondary as much as I thought we were going to. Um, you know, we we worked the short ball really really well. I didn't think we took as many as many shots downfield as I was expecting. You know, I was I was ready to see a TJ Vasher, you know, forty yard. ESPN top 10 catch, you know, like we're accustomed to seeing. Um, and I think that that'll come with time. It was a little conservative on the offensive play calling, but at the same time, if, if you're doing your business and it's working, why be risky? Right. So, yep. um, you know, that was the only thing that I was a little bit surprised at. Um, but other than that, I thought that, uh, on all sides of the ball, including special teams that we, that we played a full game and I was really, I was really happy with it. Um, you know, mind you who we were playing again, but I don't care. We said, we said in the last podcast, what do we need to do in this game? And it's just go out there, build momentum and get, and get some good things going into this season. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. And I mean, I want to go back to the first thing you said, which was that punter, that kid, he punted five times and he averaged 50 yards a punt as a, some freshman. That's incredible. Yeah. And, um, but for me, you know, the defense was was a, a great sight to see with, you know, only the defense only allowing three points from that from their end. Um, everyone was all over the place. Jordan Brooks everywhere. Ooh. Broder Johnson getting in the backfield. Um, but what I love seeing was Alan Bowman, you know, his first game back since injury, getting injured last year. Unit. And we know it's Montana State, but he started off Big 12 for unit. 12 for 125 yards and a touchdown. That's UPS incredible. delivery units. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he started off so accurate in such control. You know, we saw him at part, parts of the game start run the hurry up offense, and when they were running the hurry up, it was like they couldn't be the, the other team just couldn't stay on the turf with them. Um, the offense was looked incredible. Uh, like you were talking about, the transfer running back, yep. dude, averaged over eleven yards a carry. That's Oof. insane. That like, and he, that breakout he, run he had well, for like sixty three yards. That boy's got speed too. He's like two thirty. It's a big yeah, bat. He's big. Yeah, he's a big boy. And I, I also loved how many receivers they got involved in this game because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's really easy to just pick on uh, Montana State, probably just throwing at Vasher all day. But you could tell they were running all sorts of different plays, getting all sorts of people involved. You saw Xavier White, you know, leading the league in, in uh, leading the game in receiving yards, 107. Basher, obviously, a lot. Bigden getting involved a lot, and you know, you saw Koontz out there, who I was excited for. Koontz. Saw Koontz get a couple of plays, but uh, everyone was really getting involved in the throwing game, which I thought was great. And you know what, boys? I should have mentioned this the very first thing. We had four total penalties. 
And damn it, uh, that let's give, a let's, give a, let's give a that's clap a for that. That is a me. new Texas Tech team right there. I mean, come on. That's that that made me so excited to see that stat right there. Uh, you know, we had two goofy false start penalties. We had uh, an illegal block by Jordan Brooks, and I forget that what the was, was but sick though. It was, it was. <laughs> that that blindside block, first possession of the game. Boom! I mean, he crushed them. New rule, new rule. So I'm, um, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's getting adjusted. No blind sides at all anymore. Oh, I'm gonna throw that up on the Instagram. He got posted. I was so pumped to see some discipline brought to this football team. Hopefully, it carries the rest of non-conference and into Big Twelve play. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the rest of non-conference, let's just move right along then and pop on over to our next game uh, when Texas Tech takes on UTEP, the UTEP Miners. And, um, you know, it's another home game, uh, another one that really shouldn't be too much of a test, but a little bit of a step up. They're an FBS team. Um, you know, what are you guys looking for to see in this game? What do you think is the most important stuff going on? I think that our defense needs to, again, focus on three and outs because that's the biggest uh, positive that I saw in that game is that we were getting our offense back on the field extremely quickly. And a post-game interview with Bowman and Matt Wells, they said that, you know, they could tell that their defense was tired. They were putting their hands down. That would make them go faster and faster and be able to get into the end zone easier. So just defense needs to step, step up. Another big game by Washington would be amazing. And, you know, give us an opportunity to get that offense back on the field as fast as possible so Yost can call fast plays and we can get easy touchdowns. For sure. Um, you know, I'll be there again. Unfortunately, for all the listeners, I'll be posting obnoxious Instagram stories again. So oh, no, I'll make sure that I keep everybody connected. But... From you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I uh, I would like to see the de- defense force some turnovers this game. Um you know, I know that that doesn't always happen, but I that I would be really encouraged to see us with some key takeaways uh, on, on that side of the ball. Um, moving right along, I'd like to continue to see our run game progress. I want to see Tajon Henry have a little bit better of a game than he did. And not that he had a bad game, but if you ask me at the beginning of the season who's going to be our guy, I would say it'd be him. Um, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be the other two, but I just, I just want to see him – make a little bit more of an impact than he did against Montana State. Um, and then finally, you know, just kind of keep keep the momentum rolling. You know, this is another team that we should beat handily. Uh, we should take care of business, and we want to have as much momentum as we can rolling into Arizona. I mean, yeah, I 100% agree. This is a game we should really win and, and win easily. Uh, the opening line has tech, uh, favored by 35 points. So, you know, this should be a team we can really, you know, stick it to. Um, I will say, you know, one thing I saw Wells point out was that they, they have a good running back and they have a couple dual-threat quarterbacks. They don't know which one's going to start. Um, and for me, I think that points me to say, you know, let's see – how this run defense, how it is. I mean, we're going one step up at a time. Went from a FCS team to now a shitty FBF team with a good running back. And the week after that, we got Arizona. And we're going to be seeing, you know, Khalil Tate, one of the most electric dual threat quarterbacks in the country. So I want to see this defense, this run defense in particular, progress even more. um, Hold them to really no touchdowns once again. And I think that would just be the best sign there could be. 
Absolutely. And and back to that, you know, we identified, or, or rather you did, Ryan, we, we, you talked about key to the season was the ability to control and stop the run. I thought we did that really, really well uh, against Montana State. And, you know, they're, they're no scrubs in the backfield. They have some good players, and, and we shut them down pretty handily. Um, additionally, we were really aggressive on defense. You know, when, yeah. I, when they were passing, we, we blitzed pretty often. Mm-hmm. We would blitz from every position, um, you know, throughout the course of the game. And, you know, we did get burned deep, uh, but that's, that's the risk, and that's the nature of blitzing hard on a pass play. But I would like to continue to see our, def- our defense be aggressive and take the fight to them. Absolutely. And did you guys, I mean, Evan, you got to see it in person, but did you see Rambo? Did you ever get, you know, single him out when he was on defense? Uh, a little bit. A little a bit. Not, probably boy not. boy again. Yeah, yeah. He looked very impressive. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, I had to kind of go back and watch the game a little bit to, to pick out each individual player as much as I wanted to, but I definitely took note of him while I was there, 100%. Yeah, and I think that our keys to the game moving towards UTEP, and I think this is going to just translate more into the season, and I'm not sure how exactly we're going to be able to do this, but we need to get our kicker uh, some more reps. I mean, he only had one field goal attempt in this game against Montana State, and he you know, he piped it. Um, but I'm nervous about having a freshman kicker go in in a pressure situation without having many reps, so... Uh, it's hard when, you know, they're going to be scoring touchdowns and he's going to be some extra points. But, um, you know, I just want him to have a little bit more experience. And I, I guess that's hard because that, that means the offense would have to be stopped. Um, but going into the games against Oklahoma, Arizona, Oklahoma State, et cetera, they're going to need, you know, him to have a seasoned leg and be able to handle the pressure. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Honestly, yeah, that's a really good point I would have never thought of, you know. I just love seeing them roll up the touchdowns, but you got a point. When this kid's got his first big kick, yeah. and it's against a you know in conference team, and he's got to kick a forty yarder to give us a chance, you you'd like him to have a few under uh, under the leg already. But I think we both we can all say you know this should be another big win, uh, if not bigger than last week. I would love if the defense left no more touchdowns or no touchdowns once again. Um, and like you said, Evan, let's cause some turnovers, get the offense back on the field, run that hurry up, and, and pound it right into the ground. Um, that being said, with the rest of the Big 12 playing this weekend, just other big games around uh, the NCAA, what games are you guys looking forward to the most? I mean, I think for, for me, we already hit on it a little bit, but LSU-Texas is one of – I haven't been this excited for a another Big 12 team to play in, in quite a while. You know, college game day going down to Austin. Um, I think we're going to actually see what Texas is made of in that game. Um, it's going to give us some some good film to be able to hopefully dissect what they do well, what they do uh, not so well. Um, for me, that that's by far the game of the week to watch. I'm excited to see UNC take on Miami. Uh, UNC is on the up and up, and I would like to see how you know Miami can rebound after that terrible game with florida uh, just the only reason i'm interested in that one is because i've seen them both play before and then oregon versus nevada nevada with a huge win on the cooker kicker's foot if you guys got to watch that replay sure. that was really oh, yeah. cool that was really cool um and then clemson a&m another really great game yeah that'll be great and clemson unc A&M. you know they had a big game too yeah. big win 
did y'all see uh, Mac Brown getting his little dance on in the in the locker room? I, I did. It. How does Moose look? You know, he looked like he's every bit of seventy years old, or however old he is. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw for that Clemson A and M game. Uh, the minimum seat price right now is eleven grand. No <laughs> way. Yeah, for for the general admission on the hill, eleven grand. Students, if you are Where's going to that at? game, sell your ticket. Where is it at? It's in Clemson. Okay, that's insane. But uh, I'd say, yeah, it's nuts for a second week game. It's crazy. Clemson fans but, um, are nuts, man. Wow, yeah. diehard. Valley. But I'd say the game I'm really excited for, besides you know, obviously Texas LSU and that Clemson A&M, is uh, USC Stanford. Uh, you know, we got to see Graham Harrell as an OC yep. for USC get his uh, debut last week. Uh, so they started off real hot. Their scripted plays definitely were working. He's run the air raid out there. It's new to USC this year. Uh, I would like to see, you know, him get it ramped up. Stanford's a formidable defense, so this is going to be a real test for them. I got another game that I'm excited to watch is Kansas versus Coastal. Did you guys get to see the Kansas-Indiana State highlights? No, I didn't. Comeback win for the ages for Kansas at home. I mean, it was electric. I mean, last year we were we were pulling for those Kansas Jayhawks because they're so bad. We felt bad last year. Football, you know, we're on their side. The thing is, though, I mean, it gave Les Miles his first win as the Kansas head coach. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to be a rock chop Jayhawk football fan with Les Miles behind the helm, but it was cool to see them get a win at home versus a uh, formidable opponent of theirs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're so bad. Yeah, they, um, did, they did not look good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that just about covers it for, you know, the, the other big games this week. Anything else you guys want to cover? I don't think that's it for me, man. Evan? That's a, nothing comes to mind. I'm... Uh... I'm 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 just looking forward to this next game. Hopefully, we can build some minimum, momentum on offense. I'd like to see just a little a little more. I don't know if you want to call it risky play calling, but explosive uh, plays. A little more explosive plays from Yost because you know he has them. Good lord, you know he has them. Absolutely, and you know explosive plays. You know that's that's a really important stat in college football from both the offensive and defensive perspective. Limiting them on defense and making them on offense because college football. You know, it's a lot different than the NFL. In college, you can play, make one play, and you can change the game. You can come back from down 17 in two minutes. Kids make mistakes, and if you can make a big play, that can make a big difference. Absolutely. Just before we close, this is a random question. Do you boys take any Texas Tech football players in your NFL drafts for fantasy? I got a draft that starts in three minutes and a draft that starts in 45, so you better <laughs> believe I'm going to take some tech players. We better get you off the phone then, Ryan. I'm not going to be right. releasing any of my picks on air. <laughs> oh, wow. Too, too important, too important. Uh, but, uh, you know, next week, I think you guys can expect a couple of segments to come back, such as Raiders in the NFL with week one starting off. Hopefully our boy Pat Mahomes can get a win starting off to the season. Yep. But um, I'm going to get to this draft, so I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And I'm Evan. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, boys. Guns up. Guns up, baby.